I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Let's get out there and get some shots in some arms. Just make sure those syringes are filled with the red wave. It's high noon for Monday, March 8th, 2021. Follow the podcast on Gab and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Or on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. Or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. If you want a shirt or a mug or a tote bag or other paraphernalia, go to www.cancelcotour.com. Now, I hope that I sound at least 60% better than I did last week. Got the uh, microphone rig set back up, but the studio situation is still not finished. So I hope it sounds better. If it doesn't sound great, I apologize, but we're getting there. So today is the 47th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party to the point where they are now dictating terms to him publicly. He's also the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history. And he is clearly the most corrupt politician in American history as he has done nothing but sell his office for 50 years and profit off selling America's foreign policy to our hostile adversaries. He's also the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, Hunter Biden. So thanks, commies, for putting a question mark at the end of USA. USA? I don't know about you all, but I am expecting a big week in the news. Andrew Cuomo seems like he's going to keep trying to ride it out, even though he has five complaints against him now by five different women. But, hey, commies, when you love hard, it doesn't matter how evil they are, right? Remember, power is the most important thing. So it's good to be able to have a morality flexible enough 
that your total lack of conviction and principles does not in any way preclude you from being able to pretend you have them. We also have big things happening in Arizona where it looks like the state Senate is finally going to get some version of the 2.1 million 2020 ballots in Maricopa County that they've been pursuing now for four months, November, December, January, February. Yeah, yeah. A little over four months. They're finally getting those. This weekend, a man discovered a dumpster full of shredded 2020 ballots. Where? Maricopa County. How does that happen? One might ask. Could that be bad for the communists and the election fraudsters? Let's hope so. It's all going to be very bad for them sooner or later. I still have... 100% faith in them. There is no way that a lie of that magnitude and evidence of this magnitude can just go unanswered. And it will not. Again, I mean, I know it's a Q thing and people aren't into that, but it's also a true thing. The military does have a sworn oath to protect the country and its constitution from enemies foreign and domestic. We should expect them to just lay down, abandon that oath, surrender the country to these communists and a usurper president. No. And if you feel like some more positivity, which, you know, you can still think is unwarranted. I wouldn't. I'm very, very positive. Good things are happening. Every day that bad things come out in the media for them is a win. It pushes people further and further and further to our side. The only thing that they could possibly do to stop all of this is to actually find a force sizable enough to snuff it all out completely. And that would require actual physical violence and the rounding up of people. And I suppose that's still a possibility, but it's one that I don't think is going to happen. Every day, more people discover what this is. And their minds open up a little bit more and a little bit more to the things people like me and like you all are saying this has always been an information war, at least on some level, and we're winning it. I understand that people don't get why the courts let us down, as they did again today. They finally dismissed the last of the Donald Trump cases and Lynn Wood cases. So I get why people are disappointed in that. But the Supreme Court is just another part of the government and of our public institutions that has shown itself to be completely corrupted. 
It had to happen. I'm not happy about it. I don't think it's good, but it had to happen. We didn't figure out who was completely corrupt in the Senate and Congress until January 6th, right? And then it took us through the impeachment process to figure that out even further. We keep learning, right? Bill Cassidy, one of the Republicans who voted for impeachment, until that point, he was the same as every other Republican who failed to object to the fraudulent election. All right, so he actually showed himself as worse than those people by going ahead and voting that the impeachment proceedings were constitutional and then actually voting to impeach. So we did find out more. We learned more information about who's part of the swamp. If you're cleaning out the swamp, if you're draining the swamp, drain the whole thing. That's the point. That's the goal. That's what we all want, right? That's what I want, at least. I'll speak only for myself. I like Donald Trump. I think he's hilarious. I think he's a great American. In fact, I think he might be the uber American. And I think that he will go down as one of, if not the greatest president in American history. And I think that he will be on Mount Rushmore or get his own mountain. Okay? So I'm into all that, but this isn't about Donald Trump. This is about draining the swamp and draining it fully. Like I said last week, speed isn't the metric. Success is the metric. We want success. We want all these people gone. And we want to know who they are so that we can make sure that we don't stop until they're gone. Properly dealt with by the law and removed from office and removed from any space of public influence. That's what we want, right? Like Trump getting back into office today doesn't do anything more for us than Trump doing that next week, okay? If Trump is in any measure of control right now, And if the military is going to act against this coup on our nation, it doesn't matter when to us, because the result is the same either way. We can't let this be about our egos and the desire to say to everyone who thinks we're stupid or crazy Ha ha ha, I told you so. I know how satisfying that will be. It'll actually be even more satisfying to never say anything and see who comes out of the woodwork with the courage and the character to apologize. All right? But that is going to have to be a delayed satisfaction. If Trump and the military have any measure of control, then they are working on their own timeline. And they're going to do that when they're ready. If they don't, all of this is moot. Because at some point, they will have tried 
to strip us of every possible freedom. And then it would enter the physical realm where they are rounding people up, where they are imprisoning people or forcing vaccinations, stuff like that. All right. At some point, this degrading of every freedom we have one by one, they'll have taken away all the freedoms. And then the only thing left is force. And I don't think anyone plans on allowing that to happen. At least no one on our side, of course. I mean, even on their side, they just think that their arguments are going to work, right? And I'm going to talk about the CDC in a second. But I think that we all agree that George News is Dan Scavino, or perhaps Dan Scavino and other people, but it's definitely Dan Scavino. Uh, They post their locations uh, when they are at Mar-a-Lago or Trump Tower or in Washington, D.C. It largely follows all of Scavino's Instagram. And last night in the live chat on YouTube, which they do often enough, I mean, there's a George News channel on Telegram. And if you're not following it, follow it. They'll tell you when the the uh, live chats will go on. But there were a lot of things said last night in that live chat. And I'm going to read some of them to you. I'm just going to read the series of posts. They started at, uh, well, this says 843, so I guess that would probably be California time. Um, So I guess whoever uh, captured these screenshots is on the West Coast. But, George News says, when, in capital letters, something happens, it won't be pre-announced. There won't be a heads up. Oh, but the world will know it. Have you paid attention to all remarks and announcements made by DJT since January 20th? People asking for evidence of a plan or proof of control, etc. don't understand what is at stake. We are fighting a corrupt establishment that's been in power for decades. Why would we transmit battle plans to the enemy via social media? Eyes are uh, on all of us since the drops were paused. That's a direct reference to Q right there. This was never just going to be another four-year election. That was all in capital letters. And he says, caps for emphasis, not shouting. There is no one more fired up and focused right now than President Trump. Our military colon oath keepers, not oath keepers, one word like the group. And then he has a flag and the swords clashing. Uh, Biggest flip will come from NCY dot dot dot. And then he says typo NYC. So biggest flip comes from New York City. Could be an election fraud flip. Could be someone like Huma Abedin flipping and becoming an asset of what will eventually be the prosecution. Another comment, he ain't called the maestro for nothing. He ain't called the maestro for nothing. I guess Trump is called the maestro now, or maybe uh, they're quoting Seinfeld. Implosion from within, yes. In May 2019, President Trump stayed after his commencement speech at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs Thursday. Hmm, that's weird. Uh, Thursday, uh, to shake hands with 
a thousand cadets. It lasted for hours. One shake, then one 180-degree turn to then repeat for hours. Would Joe do that? You will kick yourself later for doubting. I promise you that. There is so much we want to say, but can't. So yes, get your hopes up. Hold your head high. Puff that chest out and walk with renewed vigor and knowledge that the battle has already been won. And then he says, Hussein and Michael hate our flag. And that's Barack and Michelle Obama. Good night, Neanderthals. Sleep well, deplorables. So that is quite a series of posts. All of this is from a source very close to Donald Trump. I imagine that to be Dan Scavino. All of it directly relates to Q and Q drops which also may be Dan Scavino and a bunch of other people. Again, as I always say, could be a psyop. Could be a guy in his basement who's just a really genius storyteller messing with people. Or it could be real. And if it's real, it's also a psyop. But it's some combination of those things, right? If it's real, then it is real people. I mean, I guess it could be an AI. But if it's real, then it's real people. And one of those people who may know the entirety of this plan and what this operation is really all about is Dan Scavino. Okay? Like, if someone had to, if someone asked me, and then, like, I could win some fantastic money prize, if I had to guess who I thought Q was, I think it's Dan Scavino, Donald Trump. Michael Flynn, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, Ezra Cohen Watnick, maybe Christopher Miller, and other people in military intelligence, perhaps. You know, Sidney Powell is the sort of person who's able to prosecute these cases if it comes to that. Lynn Wood is one of the best attorneys in the country for defamation law. That means he knows the law of language better than almost everybody else. We can imagine those things to be true. And everybody's like, well, Lynn Wood's crazy. Is he crazy? I don't think he's crazy. The things that he says that lead everybody to believe he's crazy are all things that are in Ryan Dark White's whistleblower testimony. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to. I've listened to a bunch of shows that talk about it extensively. But that's where the John Roberts stuff comes from. That's where the Mike Pence and Rod Rosenstein stuff comes from. He's not just making it up. He didn't go in like scroll the Anon boards and try to pick out the craziest theories. He has whistleblower testimony, credible whistleblower testimony. So if you want to call Lynn Wood crazy, be my guest. I mean, have whatever opinion you want. But that man doesn't sound crazy. And if you have a credible whistleblower giving you testimony about things that whistleblower could know that other people either don't know or do know and want to keep hidden. It's not crazy to want to tell those things to the world. 
because they're actually important. So I don't get the Linwood is crazy business. Could be wrong. He could be wrong. The whistleblower might be a complete and total fraud. He could be a ringer. So that someone like Linwood would come along and say all these crazy things to the world and make everyone sound dumb who believes it, right? That's possible. It's possible. I don't think it's likely. But Linwood's not crazy. Could be wrong. He's not crazy. So I think there's a lot to be positive about. I think a lot of big things are happening. One thing that was supposed to happen today was the uh, selection of, of jurors for the George Floyd trial. Keith Ellison, the attorney general of Minnesota, who has posed for pictures before with the Antifa handbook. Not kidding. The pictures are real. He really did it. Okay. Antifa used to be a much lesser known and less violent communist organization five years ago or whenever it was that he took that picture. And that picture is old. But Keith Ellison was there himself today. Uh, on request of the prosecutors, the jury selection was delayed one more day. And this is after they had already delayed the beginning of the trial last week. Uh, Minneapolis already has fencing set up for future rioters. And they were in the city marching this weekend. So BLM is out there. And the militant wing of BLM, Antifa, has not been activated yet. That's all we need to know. They're being activated probably to time, like probably to coincide in time with other events. They can get the entire media news cycle to focus on that story rather than anything else that might be going on. And the riots that they will be having there need to seem justified in some way so you can imagine that they are going to try to take full advantage of the trial and not start until then. But I'm feeling good, and I want all of you to feel good. And just remember that at worst, you will learn patience, okay? <laughs> Got to stick to it. Got to keep getting information to people. Got to look things up for yourself. No matter whether I say them or someone else says them. See if you can test all the different claims they make. See if it makes sense. See if the logic makes sense. And if the events they describe are accurately described. And if those two things are happening, you don't have to agree with the person. But you can trust that they're telling you the truth. And that's what I try to do. And th I'm saying I try to tell you the truth. But what I try to do is approach my information that way, all right? So patience, hope, got a lot going on this week. Now, shall we get back to making fun of the dumbest and most corrupt people on the planet? Of course we should. So let's go straight to the CDC. Now, today, the CDC released new guidelines and here they are. Fully vaccinated people should continue wearing masks, practicing distancing, and washing their hands often. Well, that sounds exactly 
like people who haven't been vaccinated. I thought this thing was supposed to make us free. I thought it was like, if we do whatever they say, then we get to to be free, right? Two years to slow the spread. In gatherings with fully vaccinated people and unvaccinated people from multiple households, everyone should wear a mask and practice distancing. But, If you are fully vaccinated and everyone else is fully vaccinated, then you can be around them. I imagine they probably make the distinction for households there, too, although I don't have it in front of me. If you're fully vaccinated and with the same people that you've been living with for the last year and literally no one else ever, then it's okay if you're fully vaccinated not to wear a mask while inside the home. Oh, you mean like we've been doing for the last year? Thank you, CDC. Anyone who is falling into compliance with this narrative has lost their mind. They either aren't thinking at all because they've been just too beaten down by this narrative for the last 40 years or however long you've been alive or they're actually really dangerously stupid. And I say dangerously stupid because they don't believe obviously that there is any moral quality to how they form their beliefs. Like they don't think it's bad to not know anything about the things they say. And they don't think it's bad to not know anything about the events going on in the world that actually affect their lives and other people's lives. Okay. So there is a moral quality to that as far as I'm concerned, you know, and considering the psyop that's been done on all of us for our entire lives, I'm trying to have as much, patience and understanding as I can for people who like are just unable to, to wake up right now until the stuff goes right in their faces. I'm trying to understand that, but the people who are actively in opposition to this and the ones who have shown themselves to be corrupt And cruel to people who disagree with them. You know. Those people. Are dumb. Like what else can you say? Total ignorance. Combined. With. Just the. Smallest. Nastiest. Most vicious personalities. Not a good combination. Now, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week. I think I might have. But I thought it was interesting that Governor Abbott in Texas and Governor Reeve in Mississippi decided to end their mask mandates. And then a few other states followed on as well. And it occurred to me that, like, I well, you listen, it could just be a coincidence. I don't think it is. And I don't think it's based on the numbers because they haven't talked about any numbers really. Um, And of course, the people like Anthony Fauci and the NIH and the CDC, they're all still interested in keeping the numbers high, which is probably why they're not 
closing down the borders or testing illegal immigrants for COVID before they release them into the cities of America. If they cared about case numbers, the first thing they would do is stop allowing new people to come into the country every day and not be tested. Like you can't go. (laughs) A lot of people can't go to work without being tested for COVID. These people are coming into our country to stay and they don't get tested. It's crazy. So they don't seem to care much about that. But I was I was like, okay, these governors, they have to, I assume, get information before we do. Or they have a, a schedule that they're lining up with. But maybe, just maybe, what the governors were preempting was a CDC study on masking that was released on Friday. Now, the mainstream media has covered this in like glowing terms. It's it's crazy, actually. So this is this is a couple of paragraphs. This came out um, Friday evening, uh, ABC News. So you can consider all of this news basically as buried, right? You, you release it on Friday after the business day ends and that's the news you're trying to hide. Okay. So headline March 5th, 2021 CDC study shows link between mask mandates, COVID-19 spread as States lift restrictions. Okay. So narrative here is that this test showed that masks in fact do work and that double masking is the best idea right now even though these states are doing this terrible thing. Now, you'd imagine that these states are aware of when the CDC is going to be releasing new guidelines or reports. Alternatively, the CDC could have released this report at this time to try to get governors to stop mask the the ending of mask mandates. Okay. So a new study for from the centers of disease control and prevention found that mask mandates were linked to a decrease in COVID-19 cases and deaths while allowing dining at restaurants was linked to an increase in both. The findings come as some States, including Texas and Mississippi have recently made moves to lift their mask mandates and other restrictions like dining capacity. The CDC report published Friday examined the association of state mask mandates and orders allowing restaurants to reopen with COVID-19 cases and deaths. Researchers found that from March 1st to December 31st, mask mandates were associated with a 0.5 percentage point decrease in daily case growth rates, which is a very strange measure to be focused on. The growth rate, 0.5% point increase or decrease daily, that would potentially be big, but this is in growth rates. And a 0.7 percentage point decrease in death growth rates within 20 days of implementation. And then this goes on, right? Here's a quote from the researchers. Mask mandates and restricting any on-premises dining at restaurants can help limit community transmission of COVID-19 and reduce case and death growth rates, researchers wrote. These findings 
can inform public policies to reduce community spread of COVID-19. Now, I hope that this report does inform public policies to reduce community spread because this report actually doesn't show at all what they're saying it shows. Also, what a weird time period to study these places. There is a great uh, debunk of this that I'm going to read to you because people will see this and they'll be like, oh, wow, maybe masks do work. God, people, you know, maybe even if they don't work, I guess maybe people shouldn't be speaking out against them so much, right? I don't want anybody to have that idea because that is not what this report says, all right? And if you want to know if mask mandates work, or that the indoor dining restrictions work, go down to Miami, all right? Everything's open, places are packed, people aren't wearing masks, okay? They've been open since the end of last September, Florida has. You know, localities are doing their own different things, that's fine. But right now, in Miami, they do not have these restrictions in place. Are we supposed to imagine that in Biloxi, Mississippi or in San Antonio, Texas, people are just going to start dropping dead from not wearing masks? No, that's not what's going to happen. This is nonsense. So this, uh, Debunk is in uh, is on a website called uh, alethonews.com. And you might be like, what the hell is that site? Which is fine. But the report comes out of the American Institute of Economic Research. And there are four contributing authors. Uh, Paul Alexander, MSc, PhD, McMaster University and Guide Research Methods Group out of Ontario, Canada. Howard Tenenbaum. DDS, I guess that's a dentist, and he's also a uh, periodontal surgeon, I think, and a PhD, Center for Advanced Dental Research and Care, Mount Sinai Hospital, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. That sounds also very legitimate. Ramin Askui, a medical doctor, CEO of Foxhall Cardiology in Washington, D.C., and Dr. Parvez Dara, MD and MBA. Okay, so these aren't like some random chumps on the internet just writing down their thoughts like I would do. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently published a February 2020 MMWR report entitled Declining COVID-19 Hospitalization Growth Rates Associated with Statewide Mask Mandates, 10 States, March through October 2020. This report focused on 10 sites that had been included in the COVID-19 Associated Hospitalization uh, Surveillance Network. The CDC report described a decrease in hospitalization rates of growth of up to 5.6% in adults 18 to 65 years old and attributed this to the use of masking and or the introduction of mask mandates in, in the various sites. These rates were compared to those obtained from a four-week period of time prior to the introduction of mask mandates. In doing so... And by way of regression analysis, the reduced rates of hospitalization were attributed to the introduction of statewide mask mandates. Firstly, the initial publication by the CDC 
February 5th and February 12th, 2021, was plagued with important inaccuracies that were then fortunately addressed in an updated erratum on February 26th, 2021. We applaud the CDC for taking the steps required to correct these errors. Reporting done by the CDC, which is generally considered as the premier public health agency in the U.S., must be of the highest quality, particularly since advice rendered by the CDC is also relied upon worldwide. And FACE, CDC's conclusion on mandates, might appear to make sense unless one is familiar with the scientific data pertaining to the ineffectiveness of masking for prevention of the spread of COVID-19. And then it lists a bunch of references, in which case the findings, in fact, contradict most of what is now known. The CDC's conclusion might have made more sense if the real world evidence we have about mandates did not actually exist. (laughs) Does the CDC really think that masks prevent the wearer from getting COVID or from spreading it to others? The CDC admits that the scientific evidence is mixed as their most recent report glosses over many unanswered scientific questions. But even if it were clear or clear enough as a scientific matter that masks properly used could reduce transmission, it is a leap to conclude that a governmental mandate to wear masks will do more good than harm even as a strictly biological or epidemiological matter. Mask mandates may not be followed. Masks worn as a result of a mandate may not be used properly. Some mask practices like double masking can do harm, particularly to children. And even if a mask mandate results in some increased number of masks being worn and worn properly, the mandate and the associated publicity may reduce the public's attention to other more effective safeguards, such as meticulous hygiene practices. Well, that right there is a pretty amazing and pretty damning paragraph. Like that is an argument, a a perfect argument against mask mandates. That's a hundred percent certain. But what about the masks? Thus, it is not surprising that the CDC's own recent conclusion on the use of non-pharmaceutical measures such as face masks in pandemic influenza warned that scientific evidence from 14 randomized controlled trial of these measures did not support a substantial effect on transmission. Moreover, in the WHO's 2019 guidance document on non-pharmaceutical public health measures in a pandemic, they reported as to face masks that Quote, there is no evidence that this is effective in reducing transmission. Similarly, in the fine print to a recent double blind, double masking simulation, the CDC stated that, quote, the findings of these simulations supporting mask usage should neither be generalized to the effectiveness nor interpreted as being representative of the effectiveness of these masks when worn in real world settings. So interesting, CDC. It's amazing that you have so many studies that don't support the thing you're supporting, but then you recommend it anyway based on mixed evidence that it might work so that then you can just leave the responsibility of that decision in the hands of corrupt public officials and idiot communists so they can say, well, safety first. Well, better safe than sorry. And they can keep saying that about everything. How about anal swabs, commies? Are you going to make that argument when the anal swab thing comes along? 
No, you won't. Will you? You'll just go get the vaccine and be like, hey, sorry, don't stick up that up my ass. I got the vaccine. Stick the worst thing in my arm than the bad thing up my ass. All right, commies, whatever. Just look at the data from Jonas F. Ludvigson. Yeah. That is emerging from Sweden and children 16 years old and under when preschools and schools were kept open and there were no face masks through social, though social distancing was fostered. The result was zero deaths from COVID-19 in 1.95 million Swedish children across the study period. Have I been saying that for a year? Yup, I have. The number of infections was exceedingly low. The number of hospitalizations was exceedingly low and there were no deaths in children with COVID-19. All this despite not wearing masks due to no school-wide mask mandate. Is this merely a perfunctory and legally prudent warning by the CDC that your mileage may vary? Or is it more like a hot mutual fund telling you that past performance is no guarantee of future results? What is the CDC really trying to say about face masks and why so much confusion? We have reservations about the methodology employed and conclusions drawn in the CDC double mask study, which we will address in a separate discussion. But again, their disclaimer, as noted above, quote, these the findings of these simulations should neither be generalized to the effectiveness nor interpreted as being representative of the effectiveness of these masks when worn in real world settings, end quote, seeds thoughts of doubt in relation to the value of this report. Why then would the CDC even bother to publicize these findings? What is the public health impact? What is the benefit? Moreover, the CDC even indicated in the double mask study that there are harms, for example, impediments to breathing due to double masking. Indeed, the harms are very real when face masks are used, yet are often dismissed and not even discussed by the media medical by the media medical establishment or government bureaucracies. In relation to this, Dr. Anthony Fauci of the NIAID created appreciable confusion by initially suggesting and encouraging the use of double masks instead of one. Dr. Fauci then reversed his statements on the use of double masks. Dr. Fauci's advisories took on a form of doublespeak, which has an appearance of randomness or worse, capriciousness. This can only distort the desperately needed advice by the public at large. Unsound advice can be very damaging on several levels. This Random form of advice giving was not reflective of a single event. For example, while touting vaccines as the only way for society to emerge back to normal from the pandemic, Dr. Fauci is now advising that, in fact, even with vaccinations, people should still not attend public gatherings and restaurants and that such restrictions could be in place until the end of 2021. While changes in advice are required when new data emerge, we hold that this was definitely not the case with respect to masking or vaccination for that matter. Below are the main scientific shortcomings or analytical ambiguities in the CDC's most recent MMWR report on mask mandates. 
The CDC's main evidence, a regression study based on selected sites in 10 states with masking mandates from March through October 2020, did not include the four-month period from November through February 2021, which might have controlled for other possibly contributing factors, such as sunlight and vitamin D, and did not appear to take into account the possible effects of such factors as school closures or changes in social distancing practices. We point out that during the period of March 22nd, 2020 to October 12th, 2020, this is actually representative of the spring, summer, and early fall seasons when outdoor activity increases. Of course, this leads to more exposure to sunlight with the, in, with the attendant generation of actum, active vitamin D metabolites, while at the same time, there are marked reductions in confinement within enclosed spaces, which would necessarily reduce the opportunities for transmission of disease. A more stringent approach to the analyses, including the use of all available data, i.e. not excluding a full four-month period of time, might have led conceivably to a conclusion that there was in fact no significant effect of mask mandates on disease or case rates. And in concert with the CDC's disclaimers noted above, the CDC indicated in their own report that the conclusions described in the study in favor of masking were, at best, only moderately reliable. Did ABC News tell you that? The CDC analyzed changes in hospitalizations, but did not compare infection, disease, or death rates between states with and without masking mandates. Available evidence of that nature suggests that the course of the pandemic was not affected by state masking mandates. And we know that's true. We've seen those charts and those graphs. You can see on a normal time scale where the mask mandates were implemented, and you can see zero effect of that mask mandate on the curve. It hasn't happened anywhere. Mask mandates have not made a single bit of difference in the data anywhere. The only way that they can describe them doing so is with easily refutable studies that don't make sense. This is not responsible science by any means. A paper of the sort of magnitude that would be required to actually tell the public that masks work, that mask mandates work, and then enforce them on the public would have already been peer reviewed. And these questions would have either been answered if they were answerable or the study would be thrown out. But the CDC doesn't have to do that, do they? They can publish really whatever they want. And what happens, by the way, when racism is now under the CDC's purview to declare a public health crisis and then to release studies like this on it? And don't worry, I have a racism study for you. And gun violence. That's that's next for the CDC to have control over those two things. We are fooling ourselves to pretend that the CDC is on the side of science. The CDC is a political organization run by political hacks who have just enough of the science to convince serious people that the science they're putting out and telling us about is valid. We've had a year of understanding that that's not true. And this fault doesn't go on the responsible scientists, which I'm sure are doing work there. 
It goes on people like Robert Redfield and Anthony Fauci. All right. But these people are corrupt career political hacks. We do not need to pretend otherwise because they have special initials and doctors work there. We don't need to pretend that there aren't evil doctors. Okay. There are evil people. There are corrupt people. There are immoral power seekers in every institution. All right. The NBA, Hollywood, the media, the public health arena, universities, all the old guard. Got it. Why do you expect these organizations to not have narcissists and sociopaths in them? All right. Or maybe they think that they are about to make the greatest discovery in the world. So keep the Chinese grant money coming in. And if I have to sell out and tell people that they should be wearing masks, well, this is the price of my future life-saving technique. You don't think a doctor could convince himself of that? People convince themselves to lie about important things all the time, every day. Dishonest people are the problem. All right. They can exist everywhere. Having an MD or a PhD after your name does not mean that you are a good or responsible person. And we can see that just by looking at any of the ones on television. Sanjay Gupta last year was reading Chris Cuomo's chest x-ray while he had COVID. And Sanjay Gupta misread his chest x-ray live on TV. You can look it up. Sanjay Gupta pretending to be qualified to do the thing he's doing is immoral. It's a lie. Sanjay Gupta is on TV every day lying about the science. Anthony Fauci is on TV every day lying about the science. It's proven. All right. They say things that are in complete contradiction to one another. And the sad part is that all these commies have allowed these contradictions to exist in their head. To the point where both sides of the contradiction are equivalent to them. Which means if they choose to disagree with somebody for, you know, respect in public or for argument's sake against someone who you just don't want to be right. It makes the right thing sound wrong. If someone knows the right thing and they've heard the guy they trust say both sides of the thing, the right thing and the wrong thing, then whoever comes along to argue them with them saying the one that they don't like, they're going to say the opposite. Okay. They already understand their arguments against their belief. They think that all those arguments have been defeated and that their belief represents the ultimate correct belief. They are wrong about this constantly, but they repeat that brain pattern about almost everything they believe at this point. All right. That's again, this is one of those things that I'm saying because I I know this process. I used to be this person. All right. I don't know how many times I have to say that. I just went, uh, or actually I went on it like a month ago, but uh, Jamie Kennedy put up our interview that we did I guess the day after the Super Bowl, maybe it's a month ago today, but uh, that's on Spotify and uh, and iTunes. It's called the the podcast is called Hate to Break It to You. 
It's Jamie Kennedy. We have a long talk. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, and thanks to him for putting me on because I maybe said some things that could get him in trouble. And uh, I think it was courageous of him to do that. I mean, I don't think I said anything remotely controversial, but that doesn't mean that the communists won't think so. But I said this on his podcast. Remember, I voted twice for Barack Obama. I voted for John Kerry and I voted for Al Gore. In 2016, I voted for Hillary Clinton. Okay. I know the mindset. I also know what it's like to come out of that mindset and realize how much you've been missing and how awful these people are. It's not easy, right? But it's doable. And I did it. So I understand the mindset. That's all I want to say, you know? Like, I get what it's like to think that way. You know, and you feel like the thing you're saying is wrong, but everyone else says it, including the people you think are smart. Thing is, man, if you don't know both sides, you don't know either side. And that's the problem with the commies right now. They know their side really, really well. They repeat all the slogans, right? They've got them memorized, but they don't know any of the other side. They are being told that they're being told the other side, but they're not. They think that they are informed about the other side. They are not. It is impossible for us not to know what the other side thinks. We've been exposed to it our entire lives. They don't realize that we actually know their arguments too, okay? I know all of them. I made them. That's what I'm saying, okay? And I put maybe not as much mental energy in as I do now, but I put a good amount of mental energy into that stuff. I came up with the same sorts of arguments that I make now. And if you think I make sense now, then trust me, I was probably making as much sense as my perspective allowed then. I just happened to be wrong, you know? So I understand the mindset, but it's still crazy. Now I'm going to finish reading this debunking and I'll have to, unless I do this quick, I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow to do this racism study from the Wall Street Journal. I'll tell you what it is just so you can look it up and check it out. Um, the headline is Biden claiming systemic racism in policing defies science by Jeffrey H. Anderson. And this came out uh, Friday afternoon, March 5th. Okay. So if you want to check that out, check it out. But it's basically about how there was uh, no difference whatsoever in uh, arrests, you know, relative to race. So police were not arresting more black or brown people when they committed crimes. And that whole narrative is just false. Great article. Now, back to the study or the paper, I should say. The debunking. The CDC used a least squares fit regression analysis using X as mask wearing and the dependent outcome to the Y variable, which is the number of COVID cases. Despite the fact that simple regression is not the optimal approach and we believe should be replaced with orthogonal distance regression, which would yield more reliable findings. Stats people know what that is. Me? Well, 
I've heard of all those words. Based on reporting, it appears the CDC's regression analysis was based on data from limited sites within a state and not the entire state. The CDC report failed to address slash discuss recent potent research data based on high quality case controlled analyses, as well as a high quality Danish randomized controlled trial study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, which found no statistically or clinically significant impact of mask use in regard to the rate of infection with sars Cove 2 or a recent New England Journal of Medicine publication, Prospective Cohort Charm Study. Those are other words I know where researchers studied SARS-CoV-2 transmission among marine recruits at Paris Island. Uh, the N was 1848. So 1848 people volunteered, underwent a two week quarantine at home that was followed by a second two week quarantine in a closed college campus setting. The predominant finding was that despite the very strict and enforced quarantine, including two full weeks of supervised confinement and then enforced social distancing and masking protocols, the rate of transmission was not reduced and in fact seemed to be higher than expected despite the strong experimental design and the rigor associated with carrying out the study. Which one sounds smarter? The CDC report does not address and contextualize substantial real world experience showing that adding man mandates where there is already substantial mask wearing has little effect and that mask mandates that were followed can be correlated with increased case counts. This obviously may not be cause and effect, but the same criticism can be levied against correlations or regressions going in the opposite direction. Based on our assessment of this CDC mask mandate report, we find ourselves troubled by the study methods themselves and by extension, the conclusions drawn. The real world evidence exists and indicates that in various countries and U.S. states, when mask mandates were followed consistently, there was an inexorable increase in case counts. We have seen that in states and countries that already have a high frequency of mask wearing, that adding mandates had little effect. There was no zero benefit of adding a mask mandate in Austria, Germany, France, Spain, UK, Belgium, Ireland, Portugal, and Italy, and states like California, Hawaii, and Texas. Importantly, we do not ascribe a cause-effect relationship between the implementation of mask mandates and the rise in case rates, but we also demand the same approach when it comes to claiming some sort of causal relationship between the introduction of mask mandates and likely claims by the CDC that their findings could support their implementation countrywide. What else do you need to know? Honestly. This stuff is so frustrating. I mean, again, I've been saying this entire narrative, trying to make it as simple and convincing and like red pilling to communists as possible. I'm trying to think of every possible inconsistency in their logic, in their thinking, trying to get every piece of data, everything that I can share about the ridiculousness of masking. Right. And people simply do not listen to it. It is not an evidence based approach. It is moral for them. OK, and we have to treat it like that. This is a character issue. This is an honesty issue and it's a power issue. It's not a scientific issue. There is no science ever, ever that indicates what they are doing is working has ever worked or can work, right? Enough of this. 
We think that inclusion of such evidence on the failures of masks mandates globally and states within the U.S. would have made for more balanced, comprehensive and fully informed reporting. Specifically, when we consider the evidence on mask mandates in states with a mandate in effect, there were nine million six hundred and five thousand two hundred and fifty six confirmed COVID-19 cases, which works out to an average of twenty seven cases per hundred thousand people per day. When states didn't have a statewide order, including states that never even had mandates, coupled with the period of time when states with mandates still didn't have a mandate in place, there were 5,781,716 cases, averaging 17 cases per 1,000 people per day. In other words, protective mask mandates have a poor track record insofar as fighting this pandemic. States with mandates in place produced an average of 10 more reported infections per 100,000 people per day than states without mandates. The blind acceptance of the current unsupported dogma has become so entrenched that if cases do go up, the experts wedded to the universal use of masks then claim that this is good news and infer that the masking mandate prevented even more cases from occurring. This is a fine example of tautology and defies reason. We are troubled by this type of scientific reporting and inference, for it is based on assumption, supposition, and speculation. Masks for the general population as they are currently used surgical masks and the cloth masks are ineffective, particularly when used without other mitigation. And the body of evidence is clear. A recent op-ed in the Washington Post spoke to mask wearing by everyone during the 1918 flu pandemic with the conclusion that masks were useless. We embrace the contention by Klompus in the New England Journal of Medicine that, quote, what is clear, however, is that universal masking alone is not a panacea. A mask will not protect providers caring for a patient with active COVID-19 if it's not accompanied by meticulous hand hygiene, eye protection, gloves, and a gown. A mask alone will not prevent healthcare workers with early COVID-19 from contaminating their hands and spreading the virus to patients and colleagues. Focusing on universal masking alone could paradoxically lead to more transmission of COVID-19 if it diverts attention from implementing more fundamental infection control measures, end quote. We are particularly alarmed by the harms of masking and the failure by U.S. top U.S. agencies and leadership, as well as the media and media medical experts to discuss or highlight harms in any discourse on masking. Good Lord, did I write that? I wonder if I wrote that. Maybe while sleeping. Oh, no, it was for scientists. We end by imploring the CDC to take our critique in the spirit in which it was generated. We welcome continued rigorous scientific examination of these important societal lockdown, school closures and masking and broader mask mandates issues by CDC and others. We are entirely willing to consider any evidence that contradicts what we have seen which suggests that societal lockdowns and school closures are not effective as presented here suggests that mask mandates are ineffective. Most importantly, to maintain the validity of scientific research as a tool and the public's confidence in such research, reports on the results of such research should more comprehensively address the weakness or ambiguities that exist, as well as the conclusions the reporting agency supports. Trusting the science means relying on the scientific process and method and not merely, quote, following the leader. 
It is not the same as trusting without verification the conclusory statements of human beings simply because they have scientific training or credentials. This is especially so if their views and inquiry have become politicized. Dr. Martin Kaldorf of Harvard's medical school has recently commented on the present COVID-19 scientific and research environment by stating, quote, after 300 years, the age of enlightenment has ended. Okay. This isn't me saying this. Sadly, we must agree that it's not just the age of enlightenment has come to an end, but indeed that the science itself has been politicized and severely corrupted. Thank you very much. I've been saying all of this for a year. This is a well-written and well-thought-out refutation of the bullshit study the CDC put out the other day. Notice that in ABC News's report on the study, they don't do anything except support the conclusion. That's terrible for the country and for the world that science has been reduced to this nonsense. And we are supposed to trust this same CDC when it comes to getting shots in arms? I don't think so. They've done nothing to earn our trust. Nothing. The fact that a scientific organization is considering addressing gun ownership and racism as public health issues And then that same scientific institution is recommending policy and guiding policy to the point where politicians can't go along with them because other politicians will be like, you're not even listening to the CDC. That's where we are right now. These people are evil. Okay. Keep getting the information out there. Keep spreading the podcast. Go give it a rating on iTunes. Give it a review. Go check out my uh, episode with Jamie Kennedy on his podcast, Hate to Break It to You. Follow the Telegram info stream. Go buy a t-shirt at www.cancelcoattour.com. And I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns. Don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how. Or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please. 
follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!